Welcome to the Supplement Engineer Podcast. My name is Robert Shinetsky. Joining us today, longtime industry veteran and the CEO and founder of NutriShore, leading ingredient house in the supplement industry, Mr. Brandon Soika. Brandon, long time in awesome, the making. Rob. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, likewise. This is this is fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show and looking forward to uh, having a nice conversation. Absolutely. Um, anytime I have a first time guest on the show, I'd like to get a little bit of their history because we always come from very disparate backgrounds, but we all call this crazy world that is the supplement industry home. So how did you make your way into the industry? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I was a, I was an athlete my whole life. Um, and I was always like super fascinated in nutrition and exercise and, um, yeah, I mean, even when I was uh, in high school, I started to really um, get into supplements and I got fascinated into it. Um, you know, went to went to college. Uh, it's funny, my first semester, I was <laughs> technically um, going for electrical engineering and mm -hmm. uh, thought it was incredibly boring and not uh, up to par <laughs> So, uh, with what I enjoyed doing. So, um, I switched my major to exercise science. Um, so my, my undergrad degrees in exercise science. Um, I would just, I took random classes like pharmacology, didn't even apply to my major just because I was so fascinated on, on that side of, uh, the, the ingredient space. Um, I would be doing my own, I'd spend like hours and, and I'd skip class and spend hours like doing research on, uh, random ingredients and stuff. So, um, Try to get a job at uh, GNC as a part-time sales associate in college and, you know, applied to like a bunch of different places, finally got accepted. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's kind of was rest is history. You know, um, that's how I got my start in the space. And um, that was almost 20 years ago. And um, I've been I've been in I've been in the space from, you know, from GNC, even in the stores to uh, senior management there. Um, you know, I've, I've had my own sports nutrition brand. Um, I was the founder and uh, CEO of Myochem. Um, you know, I sold the company back in 2016, coming up on seven year anniversary of that, um, which mm -hmm. is crazy to think it was, it was that long ago now. <laughs> it feels like yesterday. Um, but I've been on the ingredient space, uh, you know, contract manufacturing side. Um, you know, I do, I do consulting now as well. Um, you know, with, with some large brands and some smaller brands as well, um, helping with supply chain management, uh, product formulation. Um, yeah, you, you name it. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of, kind of touched this industry in, in almost every, uh, point of it, um, throughout the, throughout my career so far. So what was it, um, that led you to decide you actually wanted to start your own brand? Had you always had an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial bug? inside of you because yeah. you had GNC and then you went to say, Hey, let's start myochem up. So how did that, you know, idea percolate? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a good employee. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I have a entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, my, my passion is like, you know, I, I come up with wild and crazy ideas and, um, you know, I, I don't like to move slow. Um, so, and I tend, I've tend to find that when I'm in the, uh, employee type role, um, you know, it, things just end up, you know, whether that's a conflict with a superior or, you know, it's not that I'm like a combative person. It's just, you know, a lot of times what ends up happening is I want to, I want to go and yeah. I want to do it. And I don't like to have a lot of hurdles. Um, maybe it's, you know, the fact that I just enjoy being in control, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just been, um, I see, I see spots for, for market opportunities and, mm -hmm. um, you know, try to capitalize on it. And like I said, with being in an employee role, I'm limited on, on the ability to be able to capture, you know, those, those opportunities. So, um, you know, being in the, you know, more, uh, entrepreneurial role, uh, even consultant role, I can either one jump on the opportunity myself or help advise other brands um, to see that uh, that opportunity as well. Yeah, we we've share uh, a great many things in common as far as our approach to work, because that was one of the things in previous uh, or listeners of the previous podcast episodes will know that one of the things that irked me about the consulting side of oil and gas engineering is that they build you know, Shell, Chevron, whatever, six to eight hours for a project, I'd be finished it in two, I'd bring it to the lead 
or, you know, the project manager or whatever. And they say, well, we build them. We've got four more hours. Go back and stare at it for two more. I I'm not going to do that because I've already double checked before I brought it to you in the first place. So that gave me plenty of time to start researching all kinds of supplement science. That was kind of the gateway for me to eventually transition into this industry. So it's it's always nice to meet somebody of a similar mindset. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, fast forwarding to the founding of NutriShore, what was the, the impetus for that? And how did you decide on the name? Uh, and, you know, given your hurt history, why not start another sports nutrition brand? And why go for the ingredient house or start up a new your own manufacturing facility since you have experience in all these different avenues? Yeah. So, um, you know, what after the uh, the acquisition with with Myochem, Mm -hmm. Um, I pretty much specialized, uh, on everything behind the scenes. Um, yeah. that's why you probably don't see that I'm <laughs> on social media that much. So, um, you know, I do a lot of, a lot of my work behind the scenes. Um, you know, I have enjoyed working on the contract manufacturing and the, um, formulation side. Uh, you know, the, the market has evolved so much on the, the brand side in terms of marketing and such. And, yeah. um, I, to be, to be quite frank, I just couldn't keep up with that. Um, I also felt that the innovation on, on, um, especially sports nutrition, um, has kind of like slowed down a lot. Um, yeah. you know, and this, this also comes back to the ingredient space, right? Like a lot of sports nutrition, um, has kind of, you know, innovation is really not taken to, to the new level. You're not seeing as many new ingredients as frequently. And I think part of that is also just, you know, the FDA starting to crack down more than, you know, um, you know, say back in 2011, 2012, 20 through probably 2015, you know, it was a little bit more open-ended on what you could bring to market. You know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more restrictive now, um, just with, with more eyeballs, uh, watching it. So, um, you know, I, uh, I got into, um, starting NutriSure. Uh, I, like I said, I worked on the ingredients, uh, side. Um, I was actually approached, it's funny, uh, Dr. Hector Lopez and I worked very closely together and, um, he, uh, I, we were, it was almost like we were thinking on the same wavelength. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, man, I, you know, uh, I'd love to, to bring some new IP to market or, um, commercialize something new and whatnot. And I get a random phone call from, from Hector and he's like, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about starting your own ingredient, uh, distribution company? And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, actually <laughs> just, very recently, just, you know, I'd already started like formulating that idea. And he's like, well, Hey, I'm, I have a unique opportunity. This is a, a ingredient that, um, you know, I have, uh, a partnership with, um, you know, the, the CEOs and, uh, and kind of the, the brainchild behind this ingredient was Dr. Ryan Yates. And, uh, you know, I'm helping him with that. And, you know, we're kind of looking for, um, you know, ingredient distributor and we could really use someone like yourself to help kind of, you know, take this to the market. And, um, you know, so that was, uh, almost two years ago, April of, uh, 2021. Well, actually, you know, the ideation of it happened probably about two years of, um, you know, by the time we actually formulated and got everything um, together in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, bringing a company together, um, you know, that it was about April of 2021 that we launched. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of came up with a name, um, you know, in terms of, you know, what we find a lot of times with ingredients too is, you know, quality is, is always of concern. Right. And, you know, we wanted to make sure that, you know, you're, you're assured of having an ideal supplier. Um, you know, we, we want to basically make sure that, you know, what we do and what we bring to market is of high quality. Uh, mm -hmm. It is innovation. And while yes, maybe, you know, for example, 3d pump uh, and, you know, realistically smart prime are, are blend you know, complexes, um, that are not, you know, you see each of those individual ingredients on the market already. Um, it's the, you know, uh, ability to bring those together in synergy and, mm -hmm. you know, bringing unique, uh, concepts to market. So, um, I, I was all on board with, with it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we've, we're, our portfolio was pretty much almost exclusively smart, smart prime until, um, 
uh, it was September of last year. And that's when, you know, we officially, you know, did our, our first batch run of Caraflame and um, got that up. And then, you know, now going into um, 2023, we, we have, uh, you know, six ingredients and, you know, there's more on the way uh, as if you heard from Bruce's podcast with you last week, there's, you know, multiple ingredients with him and, um, you know, other people as well too, that we're, we're in discussions with. Yeah. And uh, since you brought up Bruce, he was very, very complimentary of uh, your business acumen and, and your drive as, as you know, if, if you tuned in and heard it uh, very complimentary and hopefully he didn't steal any of the thunder from your appearance on the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, but he's, I, th- uh, I think he was probably, he was probably stroking me a little more than he probably <laughs> should, but, uh, <laughs> but I do appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to see that the, the merging of these two, because for the listeners, they know that Bruce is one of the, masterminds behind 3D Pump along with Dr. Zeigenfuss and Dr. Hector Lopez. Um, and they said, you know, they like to focus on the the ingredient nerdy science kind of stuff of it. And you've really got that smart business acumen where you can just take the ball and run with it and facilitate those and, you know, kind of grease the wheels on everything to make it a smoother end result for all the consumers that will be ultimately using your products, whether it's brands or individuals that may be able to pick it up as a, a bulk ingredient if it's a, sold as part of a standalone supplement or whatnot. So, yeah. Um, with do you find that the marketing approach of an ingredient house is different than that of a sports nutrition brand and what unique challenges are there for that yeah so um you know we we look at with with marketing um on the ingredient space right Mm -hmm. um and i i know uh one of one of my very good friends who i actually have a call with uh in a few hours who will argue with me on this point um the, the thing is like, you're dealing with a lot of, especially with the larger companies, you're dealing with, you know, PhDs or, you know, masters of nutrition or biochemistry and such. And mm-hmm. you have to have some substantiation, um, whether that's mechanistic claims, um, or at least, you know, some sort of, uh, verifiable, uh, reason to use it. Um, especially mm-hmm. anything new, um, you, you, you need to have, you, you yourself have to have um, a good acumen in terms of um, the science behind stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like myself, I'm currently a PhD student in nutrition, um, sort of personal side project of my own, um, you know, and, and, you know, so you can't, it's not just simply like, hey, I got a really cool brand. I mean, yes, that helps, right? Of course, if you get um, your, your logo on somebody's label and you get it on a, a big brand, um, you know, it gains exposure for the, for the brand. I think that's part of it, but it's not, it's not the end all be all right. There has to be some sort of substantiation. Um, and like, you know, it's funny, I actually had a call with, uh, uh, Dr. Z, uh, or, you know, people who who know him more personally call him TZ. Um, you know, this morning, actually, we were, we were talking about, um, beta prime specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had some ideas of, you know, some different target uh, categories besides, you know, what the, the patent is about, um, you know, through some of my own research um, and substantiation on it. I was like, hey, we should actually consider it, you know, in this category. Um, and he's like, you know, well, do you think that, um, you know, if we did this type of study, it's, you know, in terms of economic barriers, much lower, um, mm-hmm. you know, if we did something like that, does 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 that have any valid um, benefits? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because again, where are your conversations? Your conversations are more behind the scenes anyways, you know, Correct. now on the flip side where the branding side makes a lot of sense is right. The, the uh, consumer starts to understand it. You know mm-hmm. um, one that I'll give a huge amount of credit to is compound solutions with, with tea cream. So what's funny is that there are more searches for tea cream, the brand, than the actual compound name itself, Theocrine. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's a company who's done an excellent job of, of building a, a brand behind it. Um, you know, and I guarantee that there's way more uh, searches for dynamine than methylibrine, right? So, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, anybody, you hear methylibrine, you think, oh man, this is, this is some sort of drug, even though it's you know, just a, <laughs> essentially a chemical cousin to caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, a, you know, that's a company who's done an excellent job on the branding side and getting consumer awareness. 
um, behind it. So I think it's a blend of both. Um, but I think in, especially in this involves a lot of B2B business, you know, you have to, you have to understand the, the economic side of it, right? Like what is the cost mm -hmm. implication per unit that you're going to have to deal with? Um, you know, is there economies of scale for that? Um, you know, you have to know the science behind it and you have to have substantiation. So it's a, it's a different, uh, it's definitely, um, uh, you know, it's hard to make that, you know, kind of, if you're a brand, um, trying to do that, that type of marketing, um, yeah. you know, versus on the, on the flip side of B2B trying to do consumer based, it's, it's a fine balance. Right. So, right. um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my thoughts with, with marketing on, you know, ingredients. It's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of more of the business stuff and the science side than yeah. it is just the simple branding part. Gotcha. Now I know you have officially y'all have uh Caraflame, smart prime and 3d pump breakthrough that are officially you've just mentioned on this podcast. We know that there's several more in the works. I don't know if we can mention those, but outside of those stable of ingredients that are already, you know, kind of greenlit in your mind that you're going to be bringing to the market under NutriShore, what, what burden of proof do you need to see for an ingredient before you would consider bringing that branded thing under your, under your, the NutriShore label? Because as, as a previous consumer as, and as a brand owner, you might be a little bit more experimental with saying, Hey, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be okay trying this ingredient or putting it in my product. But now that you are, you know, at the forefront of bringing new ingredients and new IP to the market, how big of a burden of proof do you need to see? Or how high is that barrier to entry for something to get your seal and the, and the company seal of approval to say we're standing behind this hundred percent? Is it the people, is it the researchers conducting the study? Is it your experience with the ingredient? Is it a body of evidence? You know, how, give us a little bit of that in your thought process. So for me, it's uh, one, one of the biggest things is what kind of novel, mechanism of action you know mm -hmm. I, i'll use smart prime and this is what really like i like lit up when when hector brought the opportunity to me um you know it's just the the direction of which what smart prime is doing mm -hmm. right again nothing the the two two ingredient blend you've seen them they're you know i'm pretty sure you can uh easily say that they're they both fall under odi um and but it's it's what they do together that makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Like, uh, you know, Dr. Ryan Yates and I actually had a, a pretty long hour and 15 minute conversation uh, earlier this week, um, you know, just going over the science and and even just like, hey, you know, this is kind of our direction. This is where we're going, um, you know, and just that, uh, you know, if you actually look into uh, Delta 5 D, um, like uh, desaturase enzyme in terms of like there, there's like research for, uh, in the pharma world, you know, for anti-cancer, um, you know, and, uh, what's really, really unique about it is just this, it's a completely different thought process behind mm -hmm. omega-3. Um, and, you know, like, you know, we, we've had this conversation, you know, internally omega-3 index is great. Like, you know, it's great for a consumer to understand, but that's right. not really at the end of the day, the, the target goal of what smart prime is for. Yeah. Um, you know, and you look at it, you have where, you know, with that ingredient, um, you come up with something so novel and so new to the point mm -hmm. of which, you know, it was, it, it was patentable, um, or patent pending it currently still, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, something like that, that's what I look for. I don't need the necessarily the, uh, scientific substantiation out of the gates, right? Okay. You come to me, you say, Hey, here, here's some substantiation that, is suggesting this direction, this mechanism of action. This is what we're right. ultimately trying to target. Um, and, you know, let's, let's create something. Let's make sure that it's defensible. I think, you know, Bruce makes a really good point. You know, you, I, on um, his episode last week with you about how, if it's not patentable, then it's, you know, really not really worth a lot right. um, it, because then, you know, you get knockoffs left and right, right? Like there's plenty, mm -hmm. plenty of suppliers out there there who are going to just jump at the bit. I mean, as he mentioned, he already had, we already had a situation with 3d pump people trying to knock that off. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's gotta be something novel, something patentable. Um, you know, and from there, like, you know, the next piece that's more, um, business part is you have to be a good partner. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it, it's a partnership. And I think that's one of the, the challenges that 
I've seen a lot um, is some uh, some IP holders, um, none so far, uh, knock on wood that I've worked with, um, but, you know, directly. But <clears throat> historically, I've seen it happen where, you know, the IP holder, you know, standing very high above everybody else. And, you know, my IP is what matters first and foremost, and they don't want to partner really. They don't want to, you know, make sacrifices and, um, you know, invest into the research, you know, Oh, we want to invest into research, but only when you get the sales up, well, we need research to help with facilitating sales. So, you know, and, and, um, then hold you to, you know, uh, certain volume expectations, but yet they don't want to contribute on their end. Oh, we don't want to spend any money on marketing or help assist on marketing. Oh, we don't want to assist on the research and development. And then it, you know, um, and then what I, I see a lot, some IP uh, holders do that I think is, you know, not ideal and is um, they put priority of that because they want to start their own brand because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I have such novel IP that I'm going to start my <laughs> own brand and I'm going to have it protected. But in reality, and they take preferential treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched this happen, um, you know, previously where the ingredient was far exceeding what the brand itself was doing. Yeah. Um, you know, we had some very awesome uh, opportunities um, with a major, major company, major CPG company um, that would have helped build the the name of the ingredient, which would ultimately you know, raise the market awareness of the ingredient, thus raising their brand. Um, And they were like, no, we're not going to let you sell to them because we're in the same retailer and that's a conflict with our own brand. And I was like, you just shot yourself in the foot. I go, this is a brand who has been around for years. You know, their, their brand equity is far beyond what yours is. And it would only elevate the market and help you. And instead you selfishly looked at it as well now i'm going to be competing with them and my sale my direct brand sales weren't going to do as well so i think it's something that you know if you're an ip holder you have to be very cognizant of like i'm not, I'm not against you starting your own brand but think like it like the saying goes you know uh, rising tides raise all ships so if the market awareness of an ingredient you know because other you know uh brands out there mm-hmm. are are using it especially ones that have a heck of a lot of brand recognition that's yeah. only going to help you right. and you can look and you got to look at your own brand as just you know a cherry on top agreed along that line of uh rising tide you know lifts all the ships how do you view the other ingredient houses we don't have to get into specific names or anything like that but what is just the general mindset of, I guess, and I, you know, you can't speak for other ingredient houses, but your view of them, or is it y'all are all working to uplift the, the quality and the, the effectiveness, the supported benefits, we'll use the, the, the proper terminology so you don't mm-hmm. get in trouble with the FDA, um, of ingredients to the market? Or is it more of a, hey, I want to make sure I get my hands on this kind of IP or this ingredient before this other ingredient house does? Is, is it more competitive? Is it more like, hey, we're all in this together, just trying to bring the best ingredients possible and ensure safe and effective ingredients for everybody? I mean, I think uh, it's funny. Uh, I kind of coined the phrase of uh, we're frenemies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, it, it's very rare that at least from my experience that you get into this bidding war over who's going to get the IP first, right? Yeah. It's a lot of times it's usually a strategic partnership with, you know, a, a contact or network that you have, okay. um, or a fan of your company and they come to you with some novel IP and whatnot. Um, you know, look, is there going, it's, it's competition, right? Like there's going to be competition, but you know, there's enough like formulation work in, in the space that you, you can't have everything you're going to, otherwise you'd end up having a portfolio of over a hundred ingredients, branded ingredients, mind you, mm-hmm. not just. And, um, so, you know, like I, I, um, use compound solutions, ingredients, uh, new Live ingredients, nutrition, 21 ingredients, uh, and a lot of my formulations, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then others, you know, um, you know, Maypro, um, trying to think of some of the other ones, uh, GenCorp Pacific, 
Um, you know, I, I use, if, if it's good, it's got good, solid research. It right. fits within the, it's complementary role within a formulation. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really care necessarily who the supplier is. Right. Um, you know, so good for them. And, um, you know, that they were able to secure this, the IP, you know, it's not like I'm trying to go to their, you know, ingredient IP holder, like, Hey man, I want to, I want to distribute it. <laughs> Screw them. <laughs> no, I, it's, it's not like that. Um, you know, so, um, I, I like to make, look, my, my goal is to improve the quality of formulations on the market. Mm -hmm. And if that means using, you know, one of my competitors ingredients, then so be it. I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. Okay. Um, currently there's probably five or six ingredients in, in the arsenal that'll be coming to market soon within NutriSure. Do you have a, an upper cap that you want to see like, Hey, I, I not that you want to limit yourself, but you, you can only focus on building up so many ingredients in your portfolio and giving them their due attention to bring them to market. Is there kind of a an upper limit beyond which you think maybe we might be spreading ourselves a little too thin or we may not be, we could be more investing in building out the body of research, be, uh, like giving a bigger body of research to all of the other ingredients we currently have before bringing something else into the, the stable. So what's you know great about a lot of the... Um, uh, licensing agreements that I have. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, full disclosure, I don't, NutriSure does not own any IP that we currently have. Um, that is, while that's that, uh, you know, it, it has some advantages and it also has some disadvantages, you know, uh, enterprise value will go up if we start to own some IP, right. um, you know, which is a, a goal of mine, but it's not a primary focus at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, so what's great about the licensing agreements that I have is, you know, R&D is, uh, you know, towards research for building out those specific ingredients ultimately depends on the success of each individual ingredient, mm -hmm. um, you know, or, you know, in a couple of them, the IP holders themselves are responsible um, for financially supporting the R&D side of it. Okay. So, um, so in that regard, you know, I, I'm not as concerned about, um, okay, well, we could focus more of our R&D time into, um, you know, novel uh, research for, for each specific ingredient. Um, you know, I think where, to your point, we could, you know, start to spread ourselves too thin. Um, you know, if we don't have enough marketing power behind something, um, you know, I don't know if, what that upper limit necessarily would be. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's going to be on a case by case basis. Mm -hmm. uh, I also, one, don't want to be pigeonholed to a single ingredient. Um, you know, I think it, it uh, exposes you to, you know, potential like, let's say performance declines or you're not hitting those, you know, target metrics that your agreement has. And that gives the IP holder the right to walk away. And you just spend all this time and effort building this brand up and then it walks on you. Um, and we've seen that happen with with certain ingredients out there. Yep. Um, so, you know, I don't want to I don't want to be pigeonholed to, you know, one ingredient, but I also um, you know, I don't want to be so spread so thin. I don't, I don't want to get to a point of where I'm competing with myself. Correct, um, yeah. So I definitely don't want to select ingredients that, you know, really kind of fall in the same category um, unless it's a, you know, again, mechanistic uh, mechanism of action difference that mm -hmm. makes it complementary to the portfolio. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I you know, I, I think probably in the, 15 ish ingredient again, depends on the growth and the uh, maturity of the company too. Right. Right. Like um, I think we're kind of, you know, with what we have in the portfolio and what we have uh, coming, mm -hmm. you know, I think we're probably good for at least the next 24 months, um, you know, uh, in terms of building out the pipeline and, you know, not spreading ourselves th too thin. Mm -hmm. um, again, that said, anything can change. Um, you know, I mean, uh, some of the stuff that that's happened, you know, right at the end of last uh, of uh, 2022 going into 2023 were uh, help, you know, unfortunately or unfortunately, um, you know, uh, were facilitated in the the passing of, doc, of Dr. Hector Lopez. Um, yeah. So um, that kind of th these were things that were already in discussion, um, mm -hmm. but it kind of helped expedite that, um, you know, to help those those IP holders. Um, kind of pick up where, where, um, at least on the branding side and the, um, distribution side that, uh, Hector was fulfilling. Right. 
When you're building out the portfolio, I know your background is primarily athletics and sports nutrition. Um, and as we've seen, 3D Pump Breakthrough is primarily positioned for sports nutrition. But if you think about increased nitric oxide productions, self uh, cellular hydration, blood flow, that has downstream benefits beyond muscle pumps, increased stamina performance and all that. Obviously, Smart Prime is a general health and wellness ingredient, as are this Caraflame and some of the other stuff that's coming down. Um, do you see yourself going, staying more focused on sports nutrition, maybe those ingredients that surround that, like joint support, uh, or do you ex maybe expand beyond that into like cognitive health with nootropics, anti-aging supplements like that? The whole NMN, uh, NAD realm is starting to get really busy, although the FDA is maybe crunching down on NMN supplements <laughs> a little bit, uh, so that there's a little, it's a little murky, but where do you kind of see uh, NutriSure going? you know, five, 10 years from now. Yeah. I mean, the, the focus is, um, actually more human optimiz optimization. So mm -hmm. it kind of falls like in between the two. Um, you know, look, I think every single one of us can get better every single day. Right. And I think finding ways to optimize that. So whether that's, you want to run, you know, take 30 seconds off your mile, or maybe it's, you know, I want to drop my blood pressure, you know, uh, 10 points. Um, drop my cholesterol, you know, 15, 20 points, et cetera. Um, you know, I think that's, that's the direction that I want to take it, um, mm -hmm. you know, is, is more optimization, um, for, for health, wellness and fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not really, and if, if you look at the market anyways, you know, sports nutrition is, is transitioning to more of an active lifestyle anyways. Yeah. Uh, it's not as much, uh, the hardcore bodybuilding brands, um, you know, it, it's, you know, you're starting to see there, especially like the, the aging millennial population is starting to care more and more about their uh, overall well-being and longevity. And, you know, there's this whole uh, health span versus lifespan situation and, and how can we prolong the health span, um, you know, and but and still staying active. Right. And that and part of part of longevity is living an active lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So you, you kind of have to merge the, the two together. Yeah. Um, you know, at my age, I'm now caring more and more about, you know, the wellness, like I get blood work every three months. Um, you know, I actually just had my blood drawn yesterday waiting on the results. Um, but you know, looking for optimization ways that way. So, yeah. uh, through my diet, um, you know, one of my, my primary focus in my research as a PhD student is, is on, um, you know, chronic low grade inflammation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a big believer that inflammation is the, the root is a root cause for, you know, the vast majority of chronic diseases, um, aging, so. um, you know, and I look at aging as, is more of a disease than it is, um, you know, a foregone conclusion. Um, yeah. you know, I think there's ways that we can continue to improve upon that and extending life, um, through optimization. Um, through our health, um, through nutrition, through exercise, through dietary supplements, et cetera. So, mm -hmm. uh, just for reference, how old are you? <laughs> Coming up on thirty-seven. Okay, I'm thirty. I'll be thirty-eight in August, so I'm thirty-seven and a, I guess half today. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I just I went to the dentist this morning and they said, "All right, well, we'll, we'll schedule your uh, next appointment." They said that's in six months. How does August 9th sound? And that's my birthday. I said, well, it's a good way to start <laughs> yeah. the day, right? You show up at the dentist. I wouldn't be doing anything else at 8.30 in the morning anyway. So yeah. it works. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I need to do blood work. It's been a minute since I've uh, had, had it done. So I probably should. Yeah, I, I do the uh, membership with uh, Life Force. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I, I get you get a full panel every three months. Um, and what's nice is you get the uh, full bottomist coming to your house directly and um, oh, draw cool. your blood and you know, you get your results in a day or two. So, um, pretty cool. And, you know, those formulations are, are pretty top notch. So, um, yeah. uh, Hector was, was one of the, was the formulator for those. And, um, you know, so they're pretty, pretty substantial formulas out there. Okay. I'll need to look at that. That's not something I, I, he may have told me that in the past, or I just, I don't recall it, or there's just got lost. I'm going to have to look into that then because that beats the hell out of having to go to uh, quest diagnostics and do that and then get your results in a week or two. Like I used to do way back, you know, five, six years ago when I was living <laughs> right. in Louisiana. Um, all right. Transitioning away from strictly business stuff to your personal supplement regimen, diet lifestyle. So you've always been an, an athlete. Uh, mm -hmm. you are focused on human optimization, as you just said. So give us a little bit of insight into your 
Uh, not, you know, if, if you're obviously your diet's going to fluctuate a little bit from one day to the next, even if you're a pretty consistent eater, but what, what's the average food plan look for you? Like a uh, daily supplement regimen, you know, favorite kind of pre-workouts that you gravitate towards. Are you caffeine sensitive, not caffeine sensitive? Well, I'll start there. Uh, I am definitely not caffeine sensitive. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I have no problem. Um, I ingest probably around, 500. Uh, it depends. It could be 300 to 500 milligrams of caffeine a day. Okay. Um, you know, I, I really, um, am fascinated by all of, uh, all of the tech toys that come with, with health. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, I'm a, an avid aura ring user. Uh, I also use, um, the lumen, uh, metabolic device. Um, not sure if you're familiar with that, but, mm -hmm. um, but you know, I use that daily, um, you know, and look at, um, diet optimization that way. Um, you know, in terms of supplementation, uh, you know, I have a pretty, pretty big regimen. So I use, a uh, a lot of life force products, actually. Um, mm -hmm. another one that I, I really enjoy. Um, and it's, it's actually cool. Um, I've been, and what's nice when you have like tech, like you can actually see tangible improvements between the blood work that I have done every three months, um, you know, the aura ring that can give me like a daily snapshot of, you know, how, how am I recovering, you know, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the lumen device, seeing how my metabolism is, is changing, you know, on a daily basis too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I was, you know, tracking, I looked at, okay, here's where I was, you know, in October, you know, actually September, October, part of November. Uh, I don't really count end of November, December, um, you know, I had a really rough patch with, uh, after Hector passed. Um, right. so health wise, I didn't want to compare data that then, um, so I looked at it, you know, in January and I compared, um, you know, okay, so here's my regimen is the same as what it was in, uh, October, uh, September, October, November timeframe, you know, I'm going to add this other supplement, uh, which is daily by parable. Mm -hmm. um, to, which is a, a brain, a long-term brain care, uh, product. Uh, and I started adding that to my, uh, protein post-workout protein shakes, um, you know, just for simplicity, I'm mm -hmm. not a coffee drinker. Um, and I had a noticeable and, um, and verifiable improvement in my, um, readiness score, Mm -hmm. um, of four points on average for the entire month, um, of October versus January. Yeah. Um, and actually February, I'm so far, I mean, obviously we're, we're only eight days in, but February is actually up another four points. Um, so I went from, you know, where my best month was a 77 average readiness score to January's was an 81. Um, mm -hmm. and right now I'm sitting at February at an 85. Um, and that was the only thing that I had changed in, in, um, the, in, in my protocol. Um, so definitely love that, that product, um, uh, especially for, uh, long-term brain care is really, uh, important to me. Um, I lost my grandfather last year due to Parkinson's. Um, but you know, and my grandma, um, is now uh, starting to suffer early stage dementia, um, which is, you know, uh, it really hits home, home, close to home. So, uh, but so I started using that. Um, uh, I absolutely love, um, you know, I, I personally saw, and again, this is all anecdotal, so take it for what it's worth, <laughs> but um, I saw a 26% drop in my total cholesterol um, from the use of smart prime um, to the point of which my total cholesterol is actually too low. So I actually have to start, I had to start consuming more fats to try to get my cholesterol level back up. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's a, this was in a three month period of time. Um, and that, that was a pretty substantial drop, obviously an N of one, um, you know, and it, you know, I, I can't entirely attribute to smart prime, but you know, based off of literature review and what I was taking at the time, right. pretty much, narrowed it down to, to that. So that was, that was a substantial improvement. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, so that's, that's kind of like my, my day in terms of nutrition and stuff. Um, training wise, I, I do mixed martial arts. Um, you know, I, I striking wise, I use karate. I do Brazilian jujitsu. I was a wrestler my whole life. So I love fight sports. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, uh, and I love football too. So those, those are my two, two like go-to sports. Um, and, uh, and then obviously I do my, my own, uh, weight training and stuff. Um, you know, in the, in, in I, I actually built out a nice gym, uh, at my, at my house. So, um, which is nice. You get to wake up and just roll out of bed and go straight to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've um, been doing the home gym thing for, I don't know, almost 10 years now. We just slowly added it when we first started getting into resistance training and it's, it's much nicer. Like every night now and then it's nice to go to a gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having the, the stuff right here in your house so you can do it whenever is if a meeting gets pushed or you got to do something else, you can rearrange things much easier and save a ton of time. It's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it's, it, it's the part that's, uh, you know, and, and we're going to have to put like a, one of those split units of AC heat in the, cause we built in the garage. Uh, mm-hmm. cause it's, it's, it's frigid cold in the morning <laughs> and, a, and a little tiny space heater doesn't do a great job. I mean, I think yeah. the, the highest temperature we, we get it to is to like, maybe like 54. Ooh, uh, that's still, so, so, I like cold weather and that's still brisk. Yeah. So, um, barbells and, and the dumbbells are, are freezing cold and, and whatnot, but, yeah. um, yeah, I make do with it. And, um, you know, I train, uh, you know, do weight training, um, three days on one day off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, um, spar, uh, th- uh, three days a week. Um, if I'm not traveling, um, mm-hmm. travel obviously throws that off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do, um, personally. Okay. Uh, you said you probably need to start eating more dietary fat based on the, the drastic drop in total cholesterol you have. Well, how much fat do you think just rough estimate that you'd get on a daily basis? Do you eat a lot of fatty foods in general or do you eat pretty lean? So my fats vary again. I use the, I, to be honest, I, I follow the lumen device pretty religiously. Mm-hmm. Um, so my fats vary from, um, you know, I think on my super high carb days that are, uh, I think my fats go down as low as 45 ish, um, two on a low carb day. Um, they, I think the highest that my fats have ever ever been in a day's 117 grams so okay. it varies uh, yeah day to day so very interesting um going back to smart prime there was something interesting there was a previous guest i had on the podcast it was the, the head of marketing for Corey krill oil and one of their big things is that they have research showing that krill oil is more effectively absorbed on a you know per gram basis compared to regular omega-3 fish oil uh I would be curious to see a study done taking krill oil and comparing it to smart prime enhanced regular omega-3 uh, fish oils just to see if that would almost, you know, make those a little bit more comparable or similar. I mean, they're both effective. It, the the byproduct of the the claims behind the krill oil is that it's got phosphatidylcholine in it, so it's got the PC component, so it's more readily incorporated in cells as that phospholipid. But given the way that what Smart Prime can do, I'd be curious to see if those effects are, you know, pretty much neutralized by the combination of Smart Prime with omega-3 fatty acids or regular fish oil supplements. Yeah. So I think one of the first things um, that, and, and this is, again, this is due to consumer naivety, mm-hmm. but um, Smart Prime does not enhance the absorption of omega. So I think that's where a lot of, like, when you when you hear omega optimizer, everyone's like, oh, so it, you know, so it basically is like a omega three specific estrogen. I said no, <laughs> not not what it is at all. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, what you know, obviously when you're looking at like uh, phospholipid forms of uh, fatty acids, you know, like krill, um, that that um, in cell membrane incorporation is is much more effective. Um, but you know, one one of the things that um, what makes smart prime so effective in that regard mm-hmm. is the fact that, you know, you have this, uh, D five desaturase, um, inhibitor. Now what's, what we found is that, you know, when, when D for D five D to, to be activated, you have to have an omega six and an omega three. Mm-hmm. So blanket blocking of D five D would actually lower EPA levels. So what we found is that sesame uh, is a selective D5D inhibitor and that it only targets the omega-6 um, side of the, of the enzyme. Um, 
So what you're finding is you're seeing dihomo uh, GLA or DGLA is not being converted to uh, arachidonic acid, um, which DGLA itself has anti-inflammatory and benef benefits, which is right. awesome. Um, and then on top of it, now you're you still are getting your um, omega three, you know, uh, conversion. So you're getting EPA production um, mm -hmm. from elongates to D D five D. The the next point would be, um, you know, in terms of what, where the next step goes is now that you're getting those omegas into, you know, omega threes are, are being, uh, made and, and your omega sixes are not being made essentially, or at least arachidonic acid is not, um, what's happening now is they're going into a storage mechanism. Well, that storage mechanism is phosphatidyl ethanoamine, um, or PE, right? So PE is more of a storage. It doesn't really do much. Uh, and it's actually funny, um, uh, Ryan and I were talking on, on Monday, mm -hmm. uh, that, um, there's actually some, some newer research coming out that specifically LPE or lysophosphatidyl ethanoamine 18 zero, uh, is associated with pain and meaning increased pain. Right. Um, so, uh, where, you know, what makes this unique is, you know, we had this conversation, um, with, an, with a company and they're like, oh, well, we, we use, uh, assessment already for, for that reason. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, that's great. But here's what, what smart prime does is the next step. So the reason why we put a, we put a methyl donor in there, uh, MSM, um, you know, and the patent covers pretty much every methyl donor out there. Yeah. Um, but we found MSM to be a very unique, you know, you're getting a sulfur donor and a methyl donor all in one, right. but that having that methylation ability um, helps with that repackaging into that PC format. Right. So basically what's, so what's happening is like you're having this pool of omega threes increasing mm -hmm. um, and minimizing the omega six uh, um, pool. Right. You know, e e even through, through diet, you know, again, in a, in kind of like anecdotal pilot, you know, information we found, you know, 60% of the, the subjects had improved drastic improvements in omega-3 index. And that's that with no change in diet. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, you know, part of the claim there, but being able to methylate it, you know, or methylate, uh, having a methyl donor in there helps with that repackaging into, um, you know, PC. And what's really funny is independent of all of this, you know, one of my research papers, uh, <laughs> was on, um, essentially why DHA doesn't do what it it's touted to do. You know, I think a lot of people th think like, huh. Oh, DHA is brain. You know, it's, it's the, yeah. you know, it, it actually doesn't get incorporated as well as, as we think. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's because the phospholipid form in phospholipid form DHA, uh, is not stable in the primary form or position. So, right. So, uh, phospholipids have two heads or mm -hmm. two, two tails, I should say. Right. Yeah. So you got two. So you got an S on one position, an S on two position. So, uh, in, um, the SN two position, I think don't correct. I, I, I gotta go back and I can't remember, but my, my logic here makes sense. So in the one position it's in that's the form that it gets converted to immediately. It's not mm -hmm. stable. It migrates to the other position um, within 20 to 30 minutes of forming and which is not the brain's preferred um, position in the phospholipid form to start to actually, you know, incorporate and, and take in uh, uptake into the brain. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that that's another piece of it. I think it, that like if you're looking at long term, you know, innovation for omega threes, yeah. finding a way to stabilize um, DHA in the uh, proper, um, you know, phospholipid position, um, will be, you know, extremely advantageous. Um, but you know, now you're, you're, you're finding you're getting, if it's in a PE format, it's not going to do what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and again, as I said, with 18, zero, uh, LPE 18, zero, it could be actually deleterious, mm -hmm. um, you know, and causing pain. Correct. So indirectly, you know, and again, this is entirely theoretical and anecdotal, but smart prime could help with 
um, uh, pain management as well, you know, um, through, through modulation of, of LPE 18.0. Yeah. And is in addition to optimizing that omega-6, omega-3 range and decreasing systemic inflammation through that other separate mechanism too. Yep. Very interesting. Yeah. So there's, I think we really are just kind of scratching the surface on smart prime. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot more that, you know, um, you know, over time that we'll start to prove and look at. Um, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, I mean, that was, I was just super fascinated from the beginning, um, just mechanistically and, you know, just over time has continued to, um, be like, wow, man, this, this is, you know, this could be a really big game changer. Cool. Um, when you're pitching this to brands, how are you suggesting they incorporate it into their arsenal standalone packaged? Like, obviously it's got the omega three kind of air about it. So do you tell them to package it with the omega three supplement? Does it require a fat carrier? Just, this is for the listener's benefit in case they're not as familiar with this since it's a little bit newer. Is it something you can put into a multivitamin or does, do you need to have that lipid, you know, carrier with her? Obviously if you take it with a meal, you're going to have fats there anyway. So um, yeah, joint formula, maybe could it work in that context too, since MSM is also a common joint ingredient. Yeah. So actually, if you saw, um, soul performance, uh, soul, uh, solace joint care, mm -hmm. uh, they just came out that has smart prime in it. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, this is, you know, the whole, um, theoretical pain management side, uh, you know, thing that kind of came about this week, um, through discussion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's another added benefit you can say, um, you know, potentially, you know, we obviously have to prove that, but right. you know, theoretically that, you know, it, it could do that. Um, so joint care is, you know, a great spot for it. Um, actually we've, we, we've formulated it into a greens formula, um, you know, for Omega, um, for a way to at least improve Omega three index. Um, you know, actually something that we're doing, um, on the NutriSure side is we're going to be selling bulk soft gels that, um, contain, um, per soft gel, 500 milligrams of omega threes and 250 milligrams of smart prime. So ideally the dose would be two a day. Right. Um, you know, and this is more towards, again, going back to the whole consumers understand omega three index. So if my omega three index improves then I'm getting healthier again, there's so much more that smart prime does, but let's start with, you know, like think about probiotics, for example. Right. When probiotics first kind of started coming out, you're like, oh, you know, I just need something for gut health. But now we're, you know, as time went on, we're finding that probiotics have a much larger role in so many other different places. Yep. Um, you know, and each different strain does something different. Um, but we had to start with something that the consumers can fully understand first. Mm -hmm. So, yes, first thing is, hey, let's talk about omega-3 index. Yep. That's that's kind of where we're, we're focused on. Um, but, hey, you're going to get all these other things. Our long-term goal is that through time, we'll be able to continue to educate the consumer that Smart Prime does a heck of a lot more for you, um, you know, in uh, liver health. Um, you know, there's there's kind of like, that's a big thing for for Dr. Yates is, you know, um, he's, he's a big one on uh, liver care um, and, you know, trying to, uh, he you know, like how I, I said, like where my beliefs are in chronic low grade inflammation are the kind of like the key, um, to, uh, wellness and, and, um, a problem for, um, health and aging and whatnot. His is, his is liver health. Um, you know, that's, that's his belief and not saying like he's wrong. Cause I, I agree with him. Um, right. you know, his, his, his whole thing is like, look, if we can fix the liver, you can fix a lot of things. Yeah. And so that's kind of, you know, where his passion is and where he sees smart prime really going, um, is getting into that liver side and, and, you know, um, optimizing it through that. But this also incorporates, you know, omega three, uh, optimization from that. Yeah. I'm going to need to get his contact information from you after we get <laughs> off this podcast, because I, I think that would be a fascinating topic. Just, I, I enjoy bourbon. But I'm also getting more into like the organ health, joint health thing, just in my own progression as a, a supplement enthusiast, you know, formulator, you know, amateur researcher and all of that stuff. And so it, we've yet to have a guest on the podcast that is really steeped into organ health. Um, I was, I'm also just curious, like I'm just spitballing. I wonder if he's got any roots or enthusiasm for like traditional Chinese medicine and those like Ayurveda arts and because 
they have a, a lot of belief that a lot of everything starts in the liver or, you know, the kidneys and that kind of permeates out from there for total body health. So that's, that'd be a, that'll be a fun uh, a thing. So if he's open to that, I don't know if he does podcasts or anything, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I won't take his thunder, but I, you'll, you'll be surprised. So like, uh, you, you get him going, man. He can, <laughs> he, he will talk. For sure. Good. So. I've got a litany of stuff in, in my pantry <laughs> that I want to run by just to get his thoughts on it, just based on my, my cursory reading of the literature and whatnot. Um, and wrapping things up here, Brandon, uh, first off, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. I know you've got a bunch of different balls that are you're juggling at the same time, working from home, wife, baby, PhD classes, all that other good stuff. So thank you immensely for the time. Uh, what else would you like to say in closing or do a pitch for anything? Yeah, well, so I wanted to really just kind of like mention, you know, what our portfolio is. So obviously, you know about 3D Pump, you know about Careflame, you know about Smart Prime, but also we are the exclusive global distributor now of Beta Prime as well. Um, and uh, we're the North American distributor for Polynol, um, which that one is super uh, interesting and unique. Um, yes, we can sit here and say, oh, it's another antioxidant, but it's crazy, like all these different mechanisms that have been shown to work. Uh, I mean, one of the things that, you know, targets inflammation from three different mechanisms of action, um, you know, looking at cosmeceutical benefits. I mean, the the, the list goes on with polynol, um, you know, and then also vital SPM. Um, basically, those are uh, it's specialized pro-resolving mediators. Um, you know, those are basically the downstream metabolites of omega-3s. Um, mm -hmm. These are what ultimately are doing a lot of the benefit. Um, you know, so that's another one that, you know, we have, um, it, it, it's, we have it, um, but you know, the powder one, which is where I think that'll have a lot of application and easier to use, um, than the oil probably still a few months away from, um, on that, um, you know, 3d pump, I can't wait for, for the study to come out. Um, I think this is, you know, realistically, if, if, Brands aren't really getting on board with 3D Pump yet. Um, they're they're going to miss out. Um, now now's the time to do it before the study publishes. Um, you know, as Bruce kind of alluded to, he's he's excited um, for that to. You know, if, if we're up to him, I think we probably already <laughs> announced it. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, and and I, I think that's kind of the um, you know what, what's great is when you look at the load of actual active material in there. Um, going against a full eight grams. Um, you know, one of the things that was kind of brought up was, you know, um, the adverse event side of things. Mm -hmm. Well, what I think a lot of people, especially on the formulation side, which is makes sense as to why when you look at these uh, ridiculously high citrulline doses, um, you know, the absorption of freeform amino acids is slower than peptides for, for one, right? So when you're overloading it, and citrulline's uptake uptake is is you know uh, I think it's like eighty three percent, and but it also is competitively um, transported uh, with the same uh, transporter as beta alanine. Yeah. So um, you know so you're sitting here you you know you got products out there that are ten grams of citrulline and six point four grams of beta alanine. <laughs> you got like sixteen grams. Um, uh, of freeform amino acids, not to mention that during exercise, motility is slowed way down. Um, you know, so, so this is no wonder that you're getting all this cardio to the bathroom with, um, you know, with very large doses of citrulline, especially in combination with beta alanine. And, um, and uh, for another factor, they don't use enough water. Either people are trying to dry scoop or they're, they're mixing up a 26 gram scoop in six to eight ounces of water. And it just, it's just going to sit in your gut. So sorry, but that's yeah. yet another reason. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and when you look at, you look at six grams of, of 3d pump, you know, it, it's, it's far lower, you know, and, and obviously it's six grams, but it, it's really only like a little over four and a half grams of actives, right. You know, some yeah. of it is for flow agents and whatnot and carriers for the spray drying. Um, so really it's a, it's a much lower load. You're talking at almost half of the load of what L citrulline is. And, you know, you're, you're reducing your adverse event reporting by 50%. I mean, to me, it sounds like a no brainer, you know, now I'm not getting as many returns. So if you look at it from a business standpoint, right, your, your AEs go up. Now you're going to get returns or you're not going to get repeat buys. You're going to have people like, Oh man, that was great. You know, I got a great cardio session on top of my weightlifting session. Um, 
and I don't want everyone to buy it again. Um, you know, I think whereas that you don't see that happening. And I think a lot of a lot of people don't look at the adverse event reporting side of, of the business. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, you can if you took that information and and um, actually looked at it and used it rather than just saying, OK, I'm doing my due diligence of writing it down and documenting this adverse event, um, you know, and actually looked at, like, what is the trend of what you're seeing? Um and, and actually optimize your formulas on future formulations, then, you know, you're, you're going to see your sales will continue to, you know, maybe, maybe that hardcore person who's like, Oh yeah, you know, if 10 grams are good, 20 grams is better. You know, that type of mentality, you might lose that customer, but yeah. you're going to get a lot more people who want to use it because they're having a more enjoyable, they're still getting the accomplished goal. Um, you know, and you have a substantiation of something that's unique and different. So um, yeah, that's, that's my thing on, you know, my, my two cents on, on 3d pump, um, that I think a lot of people are, are, um, overlooking, you know, they're just kind of looking at it at face value, like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's just these three things, but, you know, synergy of the, the three ingredients, the minimized in AE reporting and, and potential loss of sales there. Um, it, it's a, it's a home run for the people that, that want to take advantage of it. Agreed. Uh, and just to recap, we can do a brief overview. You mentioned beta prime and polyenol, but what are those for the listeners that may not be familiar with those two ingredients yet? Yeah. So um, beta prime is a uh, complex in, of three ingredients as well. Um, Celastris, um, jujube extract, and theanine. Um, so what what the patents on those one are are is a significant reduction in paresthesia from beta alanine. Um, one of the challenges with beta alanine is you really don't see results for like eight weeks of consistent use, right? It's like, it's like creatine. You need to take it daily, not just pre-workout. I mean, sure, it's great. Like, oh, I'm starting to itch. It's time to go to the gym. Like, you know, right? Like you have consumers that use that as like their signal signal of like, hey, this is now, now it's working. My pre-workout's going. Oh, yeah. Um, but in reality, like you're not getting the actual athletic benefit. Right. You know, um, what we're uh, what you'd be able to do with using beta prime in conjunction with um, uh, beta alanine is mm -hmm. taking a higher uh, dose. So you can almost do like that whole like old school creatine loading phase with beta beta alanine. So you get carnosine levels to be fully saturated. You're not like going to be burning and itching for, you know, 20, 30 minutes to an hour or more. Um and, you know, make it tolerable to where you can load with that um, or just reduce the paresthesia, the lower dosage as well. Mm -hmm. Not to mention it um, from a cognitive perspective, right? Beta prime, actually, um, all three ingredients have um, long term cognitive benefits as well. So um, not and acute both. So not just long term. Um, Correct. Yeah. Especially so alphanine's got calming benefits and yeah. uh, celastris has got stuff that works via the uh, acetylcholine pathways for yeah. longer, you know, better learning, memory focus, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, so that's, I think that's a, another area of, of um, opportunity for beta prime, um, you know, above and beyond um, from the performance side. Mm -hmm. um, and then polyenol is a polyphenol rich sugarcane extract. Um, so uh, it's, you know, derived from sugarcane. Mm -hmm. um, but believe it or not, if you taste it, you would say this is not, <laughs> not, not sugar. It's, you know, it's got some uh, bitterness to it. Um, but again, this thing, it's, you know, the mechanism, like they've done a ton of different cell studies for different mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And you're, again, you're talking at inflammation, aging, uh, performance, endothelial health, um, you know, cosmeceutical benefits. I mean, you name it, like there's a, a ton of, and I think probably the harder part with polyenol is how do we narrow the focus down of, you know, um, you know, ideally what we're looking to do, uh, including even gut health benefits with this, you know, um, as a matter of fact, uh, the protocol was just recently sent over to me um, and, you know, potentially looking at gut health benefits um, over, along with antioxidant benefits. Um, mm -hmm. you know, with, with, uh, polyenol. So, um, pretty excited about that one again as well. Just again, mechanistically, this is something very different than what you see and a lot of polyphenols out there. Agreed. Fascinating stuff. Well, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what else y'all have in the, in the works. 
Uh, I've, I've been privy to see some of it, and um, but uh, there's still a whole lot more I haven't seen, so I'm very excited to see what y'all have coming. Uh, thank you again for the time today, and which is your preferred way to be contacted, if any, because we've got brand owners that listen to this outside of just regular consumers, so what's the best way to get in touch with y'all for uh, working together? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can reach me via email. Um, uh, it's B Soika, so my last name, S-O-J-K-A, at Nutrisure.com. Um, and, or you can hit me up on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, uh, again, not very popular there, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I am, I, I do have a, a, an Instagram. You can hit up the NutriSure page as well. Um, that w- either way works. Um, you know, so, uh, whatever, whatever's easiest, uh, communi- way of communication, um, I, I will respond either way. Awesome. All right, Brandon, thank you for a great podcast and have a great rest of the week. All right. Awesome. I appreciate it, Robert. Thanks so much. All right.